laughing at me. Welcome to Ponderland. Tonight I'm pondering sport because I am an expert in all sports, as you can see. Like most people, I first encountered sport at school. And it, it, at my school, right, if you weren't good at sport, you could just fuck off, right? <laughs> Sports Day was the last thing I needed as a child. Uh, now we're going to parade you in front of a large audience, <laughs> you poor bastard. Like, there's absolutely no distinction between like proper sporting events and bonkers surrealist ideas, right? like the 100-yard dash and the egg and spoon race. Egg and spoon race is stupid because it's got no reference in life, has it? Like, why would you ever have an egg and think, oh, Christ, I've got to get this egg. So, so hold it, then. <laughs> No, I've got There are certain dogmas and rules that must not be breached. I must hold it at arm's length. <laughs> but I personally think that strength is one of the most impressive aspects of sport. And uh, as a child, I was really fixated on strongman competitions. Who's the world's strongest man? Because it's like mythical and biblical, Hercules, Samson, all these strong characters. But why, in modern strongman competitions, were the events so ridiculous? Well, look at this event now, like, this is the event, right, we're doing a strongman competition, how best to prove people's strength? Right, what we'll do is we'll get a bar, this is literally what it is, we'll get a bar and we'll put an aquarium on either end of the bar and fill it full of cheese. That's like a poem, a surrealist idea, look at it. But that doesn't imply strength, does it? Oh, so you think you're strong, do you, sonny? I'd like to see how strong you are when you're confronted with an aquarium full of cheese. <laughs> so that's not a barometer of strength. And we all remember, of course, in the Old Testament, when Samson did kick down a big triangle of Derry Lee from the temple. <laughs> right, and this is the other beautiful thing about this strongman competition. Listen carefully to the fickle nature of the crowd, right? Listen to their reaction. When things are going well for that cheese-lifting man, they really love him, but the second things go wrong, they fucking right off. Listen. Now <laughs> oh, fuck off, you shit! <laughs> Can't even lift up a fish tank full of cheese, you're a fucking mug. <laughs> Also, the strongman competition has this sort of air of erotica because of, I think, physical perfection. It's sort of like it reminds you of gods, doesn't it? Like sculptures of Greek gods and portraiture of modern athletes, right? Look at this bit here. There's this strong man. It's dead berserk, this bit. He's making sort of sexy, wheezing noises while he's doing some weights. But they're the sort of noises that typically should only be made during sex or defecation, right? They're really sort of embarrassing noises, like, ooh, 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 ooh. Like, sometimes you have to go to the toilet and you're on your own, you think, I'll let my real personality out. <laughs> no one need know of this. Ooh, 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 like that. But I once looked at it with a mirror and thought, no, that's not good. <laughs> and from now on, I sort of go, like that, do a poo with a quiet dignity. Uh, also, so watch and listen to the noises this bloke makes in public. Also, keep an eye out for the man in the crowd that's quite into him. Oh, Why is he so into it? <laughs> Bastard! Right? If that's what he's like watching weightlifting, what does he look like when he's watching pornography? <laughs> look at him again. <laughs> like he's all angry. 
angry about it. And I think if that bloke was allowed to do what he wanted in that situation, I think he'd run out, sort of jump on that bloke's back, sort of, oh, you big bully, and sort of start crying. You know, sometimes if you find someone sexually attractive, but they've broken your heart, and you sort of maybe wank about them still, but it becomes a sort of cry wank. Oh, I still love you, you bitch. You're ruining me. Tears as lubricant. Ah, oh, the cry wank. The crank, as we call it. got a lot of horses in it. That is what I've learned. If you're going to do a posh sport, have an horse involved, right? Look at this woman whose job is to teach a horse to be a horse. It knows how to be a horse. It is a horse. And the way she does it is by strapping this ridiculous, literally, sort of voodoo doll on its back. Voodoo child. She's made, like, she can put anything on its back. Why she made this terrifying thing to stick on the back of a horse? Mrs. Polly exercises her Shetland pony lollipop with Lucy in the saddle. I think it's frightening. Plus, right, you can see that the horse is annoyed by it. Like, it doesn't want it there. It seems aggravated. Look. Look at the horse. It's angry. Get it off. Look at this bit here. Look. Get off. I've been hijacked by Rosie and Jim. <laughs> I'm trying to unwind. Right? Because we have to like, watch loads of old documentaries to make this programme, you realise like, people in the old days look much, much older, don't they? People in the old days look much older. Like, if you look at pictures of your mum on her wedding day, she goes, oh, well, there I am my wedding day. Oh, how old was you there, mum? Oh, I was 20. You look fucking awful. <laughs> In the old days, isn't it? I think because they're all wearing brown all the time, and all the wallpaper's brown. So I thought, oh, there was a lot of strikes. Why do you all look so old? What's wrong with you? Look at this, right? Ice skating event, right? This is stupid event anyway in the world of sport. Ice skating where you jump over barrels, right? Watch this. You're about to see the face of Danny Meeks, right? Think inside your little brain box, right? I think Danny is this old. Make a decision. I think Danny is years old, right? Don't say it out loud, just think it in your brain. Then listen, seconds later, to the actual age of Danny Meeks. Our next contestant here for his final jump is Danny Meeks, 18 years old from Flint, Michigan. Fuck off! What a liar! Danny, you're lying! Look, he's like got that moustache, look at and he's haunted eyes. Under that image, it said Danny Meeks, 36 years old. You go, he must have had a tough paper round, poor old Danny. <laughs> right? And he'd just come back from a year off with a fractured leg, right? You'd think that Danny would approach ice barrel skating with an air of positivity. Right, I'm not going to spoil this. I've worked hard, I've had my year of rehabilitation. I am Danny Meeks, teen heartthrob Danny Meeks, the David Beckham of the world of ice barrel skating. I'm Danny Meeks. Right, it's been out a year. Focus, Danny. Them balls this up. You ready, Dad? Yes, I'm definitely ready. Had a fractured leg a year ago. Out with that injury. Danny Meeks... Uh-oh. Overextended himself. Danny, you idiot! 
Well, that's disappointing, but I'll be back next year when I'm 40, 19 years old. <laughs> Look at his face, Danny Meeks being led off all sort of embarrassed, right? And then when you think, oh, the world of Danny Meeks can't shock me anymore, right? I've learned all I can about Danny. Nothing else weird will happen in this bonkers context that Danny's created for himself. Look in the crowd, like one of the people applauding, it's ridiculous. And the concern now by the crowd here, is he all right? And I believe he is. Who's that? Why is he there watching Danny Mick? Why are there characters from Narnia in the audience? Well done, Danny. You tried your best and you'll be a fine skater one day once you get through puberty. Like, he shouldn't even be there, that's ridiculous. Right, um, my other relationship with sport is, of course, as a spectator. Now, despite appearances, I'm obviously a deeply violent thug and key member of West Ham's notorious ICF. Look at this moment, right? That uh, Someone got this on their mobile phone and we had to track it down of me at a football match. I'll tell you the harrowing story behind it after you've seen it. Park recently made the mistake of going to the toilet at half time. Now I could hear this murmuring of lads. Where's Russell Brand? Is it fucking Russell Brand? Look, he's fucking here. Fucking puffed out over. <laughs> then they start up with these different chants. So they start going, six case, six case, hang him, hang him, hang him. I thought, this is going to end beautifully, this. <laughs> Bodes well for the afternoon of soccer. <laughs> and then one of them goes, Brandy, give us a song. Brandy, Brandy, give us a song. And then more and more people take up the chant. I was thinking, oh, fuck. <laughs> I mean, like, this is an opportunity now. If I, if I come through this well, I will be accepted at Upton Park forever. Perhaps even made king. But if I cock this up, I'm fucking finished. <laughs> right, so I had to do a song. And I had to really commit to it and go, uh, and I deliberately didn't do my normal voice as well, because like my normal singing voice is a much more breathy Billy Holiday voice, right? This, just, if it was up to me, I'd sound like We all follow the West Ham. And I thought, that's not going to cut it. So I sort of put on, I thought, in this bubble, pretend you're someone else. Pretend you're someone who can cope. <laughs> Coming out of my body, yeah. We all follow the <laughs> and they sort of all joined in and I thought, yeah, well done, you are accepted. And all these beery hugs and all beer getting all sloshed up me. But, you know, got away with it. See you after the break. Welcome back to Ponderland. I'm still pondering sport, right? You know, like I used to do acting, do you? I don't know. Well, I did, right? I, like, I had to do, like, it's stupid because like, my ambition far outweighed my ability. Once there was an audition for Adidas Predator football boots when I was about 18, right? My agent goes, uh, uh, Russell, are you any good at football? Right? And I went, yes. <laughs> I am any good at football. Right? And the agent goes, oh, dress like a footballer. And I thought, oh, fuck that. Right, like, so I thought, right, what I'll do, I thought, to counter not being any good at football, is I will go to this audition drunk. 
right? All nice and drunk. That will take the edge off this, right? And I remember going to audition and all the other people auditioning were like youth team footballers for London teams. And the casting director come up to me and goes, oh, Russell, uh, you're not dressed in your kit. Did you bring it with you? And I went, no. And they went, oh, that's okay. You can do it in your pants. I just walked off <laughs> like school. Like they can make you do it in your pants, right? And I thought, that can't be right, can it? But it happened, right? And like, that day, I was wearing like DM boots, right? And like, it must have been near Christmas because I was wearing like these boxer shorts that were Tasmanian devil boxer shorts, like all tartan with the Tasmanian devil. You know, boxer shorts have got that really sort of open fly, you know, sort of trundle in in front of a panel, sort of like Pop Idol or X Factor. There's a panel there and someone with a camera and they go, okay, then Russell, and they sort of throw a ball in, like, they sort of go like, oh, so, like, when I'm in the moment when the ball's coming, I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so, here comes that horrible moment, like in parks, where the ball goes ballooning off where it likes, right, so ball comes, sort of hits my knee, goes like it hates me, runs off over there, and then I sort of have to scuttle over there to get it, all in those Tasmanian boxer shorts, oh, excuse me, I'll be right back, oh, sorry about that, oh, thank you, so I've come back, my little willy, all flapping around, and if you look at the Adidas Predator football boot advert, you can see how ridiculous, why did I stay in that room, why at the point when I look around and see, Right, this is full of talented, handsome young footballers. I could have gone at that point. Or I could have gone to the point where they go, do it in your pants. <laughs> or I could have gone to the point where I thought, you're drunk, you idiot. <laughs> but all them things, I thought, no, soldier on. You could still get this. And look at what it was that I was auditioning for. Look at the reality. Invest in a pair of predator boots by Adidas. These revolutionary boots will soon have you making your friends look like complete burros. As well as adding more swag to your banana shorts. You know like when you watch X Factor and you sort of think, why are these fucking people doing that? They're tangibly shit at singing. Why are they doing that to themselves? Then people are like, oh no, I've got a dream! Like, well, you, you obviously have got a dream, you're living in it. Because the you've let your ass that you don't know what reality is, right? And look at this bloke here. He's got no contact with his reality. Keith wants to be a wrestler, right? And Keith's current job is an organist in a church, right? That's what he does. God has deliberately made him a church organist to keep an eye on him, I think. Look, look at him pursuing his wacky dream. He looks like sort of a Leo Sayer and like he blends into his own city and wallpaper like he's trying to avoid the interview. I'm hoping that once I get inside a wrestling ring, uh, I'm hoping a bit of a change will come over me. I've always been a wrestler, in my mind. Yeah, well, you can be what you want in your mind. <laughs> I'm Batman! <laughs> be who you like in your mind, but in a wrestling ring, that reality is going to come under considerable duress, right? It's really lovely, they take Keith on this journey to becoming a wrestler. The first thing happens, right, is he's taken to meet Johnny Saint, right? Johnny Saint is a 70s wrestler from the north of England. Right? When you get that information, 70s wrestler, Johnny Saint, north of England, that conjures up a certain archetypical image, right, of what that man is going to be like. You don't think, oh, he'll probably be quite a feat, camp, a bit of a dreamer and a poet, fey and gay and delicate, or spending his whole life on the precipice of tears. But look at him. Very tough. Very tough. Uh, 
I don't mind admitting that uh, when I first started uh, wrestling, uh, there have been occasions when I've walked home from the gymnasium crying. Right. <laughs> it seemed poetic to be in the world of wrestling. Well, you know, sometimes I'd walk home from gymnasium and I'd see a meadow with dappled light playing upon the corn and it, it made me think of Van Gogh, you know, crows in wheat fields. Right? Like a wrestler poet. It's not in touch with wrestling. And look at this bit where he's just been asked the question, how do you train a wrestler? That's the question. How do you train a wrestler? Like, you think, well, you know, you've got to make him flexible, strong and ruthless. Look how he answers that question. How would you train someone? Break his heart. <laughs> yeah. Ring him up and say you're going to meet him, then go out with another wrestler who looks a bit like him but better looking, then make sure he sees you with that wrestler. It's really weird, isn't it? Like, why do you think of like that? Break his heart, that's what you've got to do. There you haven't. You teach him how to do wrestling, right? And then, right, he's had that advice, old Keith. He's set his heart on becoming a wrestler. Look at Keith now, employing his diverse range of skills in a fight. And look at his ruthless determination to continue, right? If you're doing some wrestling and something ain't working out, don't think, I'll try something else. Just think, I'll keep doing this to a ridiculous degree. Well, go on, let's have a go. Go! Go on, go on, go on, go on, go on. Go on, Keith, have another go. Right, on your feet, go on. Go on, one, two, three, four. Talk to you about the be five times, start maybe you really like, no, this ain't working. <laughs> no, just one more double leg kick. And why was that whole program made? Like, uh, there's a church organist, um, he really wants to be a wrestler. Right, well, let's invest money in making that obscene reality occur. Just let him just go, does he? Well, fuck him off. <laughs> this is lovely here, right? There's this bloke who's dedicated his life to the noble art of pugilism. Because, you know, all Queensbury rules, boxing used to be thought of not as fuggish, but somehow beautiful and noble and that, right? And he really tries to defend the art of boxing, the way a lot of boxers do, trying to justify, oh, no, that will not cause of the boxing. No, that was nothing to do with the boxing. Listen to this bloke here try and justify his bashed-in cauliflower head. What about scars? You've got a lot of boxing scars. Yes, I've got a lot of uh, boxing scars, but the only scar I ever had in the boxing was my broken nose and yes. three stitches in my right eye. Yes. That and was the only injury I ever received out of boxing. The rest of them was done with lacerations of milk bottles. <laughs> Is that a lie? <laughs> I was a boxer for 20 years, I just had one broken nose. One morning I worked for Tickles Dairy. Look at the fucking state of it. <laughs> we all know the horrors of milk bottles. You come down, have a bit of porridge. Oh, careful with the milk. Ah! <laughs> it smashed my face in. <laughs> Most bottles don't do that on their own, like Fantasia. <laughs> I like, uh, this is lovely, right? This is, uh, this old lady is being taught some self-defence, a oh, practical use of sport. But you sort of think, why teach this little old lady this particular move, right? There's a bloke there teaching her how to be punched in the hunch, right? She got a little hunch, he punched her in the hunch. How's that a good move? How's that gonna defend you in any situation? I need to toughen up my hunch. Right, well, let's get started. In a church hall in Pinner, pensioner powers putting its foot down through a house brick. And in case you think being 73 might let you off some of the rough stuff, think again. Ready? Burr! Burr! 
and release. What's that all about? <laughs> How does that man sleep at night? <laughs> Do you have a good day at work, dear? Not bad, usual. Just punch some poor cow in the hunch. <laughs> right in the hunch, though, it was. Right in the hunch. Right. And I don't know, I don't know the way he says release at the end of it. And release. Release what? Urine. And release. I think she'd only wandered into that church for a pottery class. And that had come about the pottery. Get that in your hunch. And release. There's something erotic about sport as well. There is something sort of sexual about the apotheosis of man reaching godly heights, right? And, uh, yeah, I got a little bit carried away with it when I once met Serena Williams, right? I was once sat next to her for a little bit and I kind of was looking at her thighs and, like, sort of thought, oh, bloody hell, look at that woman's thighs. Right? And I sort of just couldn't help but wonder what it would be like to kiss her and cuddle her on her legs. And, like, but then I sort of thought it would be sort of stupid because I, I think it would make you, if you had sex with a really sort of strong, powerful woman, I think it might make me feel a little bit pathetic. Like, uh, oh, Serena! Like, I might feel a little bit... But I think she could carry on playing tennis while I sort of hung onto the bottom of her shorts. <laughs> Serena! I love you! Right? And I sort of got all really carried away with how much I fancied her, because I met her on Jonathan Ross, and I sent her an email. I misjudged it, right? What I totally... What I'd done was, that's the actual one there. We've taken out the necessary information. So, although she's never likely to get an email that's worse than what I fucking sent her. <laughs> Serena, congratulations on being so good at tennis. <laughs> During Wimbledon, this was the day before she went out of Wimbledon, as a matter of fact, you really do tennis so well that it's difficult not to develop a crush on you. Even with a sore leg, well, she got a bad leg, even with a sore leg, a condition that would have made Monica Seles buckle, remember all that fuss about her back injury? <laughs> for, Serena will like this joke about a fellow tennis professional being stabbed in the back by a fan. That's going to crack her up. I'd like you to come and see me do stand-up or even come to tea with me. I know you're busy with all the Wimbledon hoopla. What an idiot in the middle of Wimbledon. Wimbledon hoopla. But damn it, woman, you must have some time to nourish your soul and flirt. It's what Jesus would have wanted. I thought, she's a Christian girl. I'll mention Jesus. It's all lure her in. I didn't hear back from her. But I wrote all that out and then thought, send. I will send this. This will definitely lead to sex. Send. Get out there into the world, her email. And don't come back without an orgasm attached. Thank you very much. Good night. release.